Hey y'all, this is Stacey Pearsall, and you're listening to Everything, my podcast where I talk about, well, everything. I've got some extremely exciting news for y'all this week. We had a birth on the farm. Yep, a little baby donkey, and his name is Bob, and he's so cute. His ears are probably the length of his body. His lush mink-like fur is a very deep chocolate brown like his mom with little creamy yellow highlights around his eyes and little tiny muzzle. And he's got old man whiskers. It's the cutest thing I have ever seen. Oh, melt my heart. Many of you are tuning into this podcast for the first time because you're so interested in knowing what Bob's royal title is going to be. Just so you know, Andy and I bequeath a royal title to any animal that comes into our lives or is part of our house. So for introduction's sake, we've got my service dog, Prince Charlie, my little corgi, Lord Pickles. In addition to our dogs, we've also got horses and donkeys. I've had prize since 2004 or five, somewhere in there. And his actual real name is Sir Prize, which kind of started the royal title thing to begin with. But anyway, so after Sir Prize came Princess Leia. Well, technically her name is Leah, but we like to church it up and give a nod to Star Wars and we call her Princess Leia. It's kind of special. Well, Princess Leia had a baby out here um, on the farm in June this year. And it was a little boy, so we named him Floyd, and his title is Marquis, Marquis de Floyd, as I like to say. Last year, we brought a horse in from Belgium, a draft draft horse, and he came with the name Victor. Well, Victor is my stepdad's name, and my stepdad's full name is Victor Earl Mercer. So I thought I'd flip the script, and we call him Earl Victor, and that's his bar name is Earl. Just not to get confused between the two Victors. Anyway. And then we adopted two donkeys, Flo and Joe, and their titles are Dame, so Dame Flo and Dame Joe. And it was Joe, aka Jolene, who had the baby this past Sunday night, slash Monday morning. Anyway, Andy and I narrowed down the titles to a few of them, and with your help, we've decided that henceforth he shall be known as Captain Baron Bob. Esquire, the first of his name. I am so thrilled that y'all weighed in, and thank you for all the help. This royal title definitely matches his quirky personality and this zany little farm we like to call Low Country Acres. Okay, so this week's topic is about reinvention. You see, I was sitting there outside of Bob's paddock the day after he was born, and I thought about birth and rebirth and transitions, and I thought about how many I went through over the course of my short 40 years. One of the biggest ones being my transition from military service back to civilian life, because frankly, it was one I didn't see coming so soon. When I enlisted, I did so with the intent of staying 20 years. I wanted to be a combat photographer. I wanted to see the world, and I did. I traveled to 41 countries in just 10 short years. But as I got more, I wanted more, and I continued to set higher and higher goals. And I had a five-year plan and a 10-year plan, none of which included becoming a civilian. 
which is ultimately what happened. I had sustained injuries in Iraq, and they were of such a nature that I could no longer wear body armor anymore. And a combat photographer who can't wear body armor can't stay in the service. Well, they could, but not as a combat photojournalist. And that's what I identified as and nothing else. I was given the opportunity to transition to an administrative role for four years, at which time I would be reevaluated. I'd have to make a choice then whether I was going to stay in the service or get out or take a temporary retirement and try and rehab for two years, at which point I would be reevaluated by the doctors and they may be able to give me the all clear to go back to being a combat photographer. As somebody who lived their lives 100 miles an hour, I could not see myself riding a desk. I took the option of the temporary retirement because I was determined that I could overcome anything. Shoot, what's a traumatic brain injury anyway? And a cervical spine trauma? (laughs) I could overcome that. But it was more involved than I thought. In fact, I didn't realize just how bad my body had broken down until I started rehabilitating. Twice a week for six months, I went in and got procedures on my neck that involved needles going in without any local anesthetic to help strengthen the tendons and the muscles. And I also went in to see my neurologist at least two or three times a month. I was spending what felt like so many hours at the VA just trying to get better. In the meantime, I was also seeing a mental health therapist trying to get my mind right because all of the traumas I had witnessed in war were finally catching up to me and not in a good way. Further complicating things, I felt like I had a major identity crisis. The transition from the service was so abrupt and unexpected and unwanted that I had no idea where I was going to go next or what I was going to do. Everything that I had identified with the military being the primary focus, and then photography being up there with military service and wearing a uniform was who I was. And to be anything else just didn't make sense to me, which is why I didn't want to write a desk when the military gave me that option. Nope. I wanted to be a combat photojournalist. That's who I was, and that's what I was always going to be. The sad thing is, I was not coming to grips with reality. And the reality was I was not going to spontaneously get better. After 18 months of really, really 100% heartfelt efforts in rehabilitating, the doctors gave me the blow that, that I knew was coming. That there was no way I was going to be able to stay in the service. At the 12-year mark, They finally gave me a permanent medical retirement. Not exactly how I envisioned going out. I fell into what felt like a deep, dark pit. Turns out it was just depression. I no longer had a future in my mind. If I couldn't be a combat photojournalist, what was I going to be? Well, when one door closes, another one opens. And that's what happened to me. As I was transitioning from military service, a local studio owner by the name of Jack Alterman, who was also a veteran himself, invited me to come and spend a couple hours at his studio 
to help manage his photography classes and to maybe develop some course curriculum and work out some new marketing strategies and what started as a few hours a week ended up being a part-time thing and suddenly I I had some focus it wasn't what I really wanted to do but it was something to fill the time and get me off the couch which admittedly I was doing a lot in fact I had been so overly medicated that I felt like most of my hours were laying on the couch just drooling and circling the drain and thinking about suicide. Getting off the couch and getting down to the Charleston Center for Photography really helped put one foot in front of the other. That and starting the Veterans Portrait Project, which both happened to coincide at the same time. I had been so fixated on all the things the doctors were telling me I couldn't do. Stacy, you can't lift anything over five pounds. You can't stand for prolonged periods of time. Doing photography like you were is impossible. There's no way you're going to wear body armor anymore. There's no way you're going to wear a helmet. Holding the camera up for any length of time is going to really aggravate the nerve damage in your right arm. Yada, 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 yada. And I never felt so broke down in my life, but getting down to the Center for Photography reinvigorated something in me that I could actually continue to be productive and I could contribute to something else. Certainly nothing will ever amount to military service because giving the ultimate sacrifice or at least giving of your life for that purpose is the pinnacle. It's the tip of the spear. But watching people's light bulbs go off as they were learning photography for the first time was what I found to be very exciting and fun. Teaching somebody else the joy of photography as much as I loved it really, really brought me joy. And at the same time, the Veterans Portrait Project was getting underway. I had been into one of my neurological appointments where an elderly gentleman by the name of Mickey Dorsey came and sat next to me while I was waiting for an appointment. Two hours past my appointment time, which is very typical, thanks VA. Anyway, so Mickey Dorsey, an elderly gentleman, came and sat next to me. And to say I didn't fit in the veteran community was an understatement, or at least I felt that way. I was really bitter at that time. And Every time I went to the VA, I felt like people were staring at me and judging me and thinking of me solely as a young woman, sometimes as a piece of meat. I mean, people would catcall me, and it was just really gross. Other times, people would ask me if I was there bringing my husband or my grandfather or my dad to his doctor's appointment. I'm like, why can't I be a veteran? Because I don't look the part. When Mickey approached me, I was not in a good mindset and I wasn't receptive. I had this wall around me and I could just see him staring at me and my face was getting hot and I was getting angry and I was about to rage on him. All of the festering emotions that had been boiling up inside that I had kept in for so long. All of that. But something washed over me and just brought me back down into a level mind 
and where I needed to be to turn to him and ask, is there something that I can do for you? That just happened to be the window of opportunity that Mickey needed to change my life. You see, Mickey was a World War II veteran who volunteered countless hours at the VA every week and provided interventions to veterans who were suffering like myself. When Mickey sat there, he told me about liberating a concentration camp and what, what being in France during the fighting in World War II was like. And I nearly cried because here I was thinking that everyone was prejudiced against me. And somehow, at some point, I had become the prejudiced one. And I hated myself for that. But also that was my aha moment to realize that I needed to make a change in my life. Was I going to sit there and let somebody tell me the things that I couldn't do? Why was I focusing on that? Literally and figuratively. So instead, I decided I was going to take a portrait of Mickey Dorsey and share his story with everyone else because I felt like they needed to know. The only hiccup was I knew nothing about studio lighting and I needed to know that in order to photograph Mickey. I had had a couple of classes at Syracuse University and I had attended a couple of clinics by the Joe McNally, a renowned portrait photographer. Side note, Joe McNally had done so much for military photographers and I really owe him a tip of the cap. Also, I have to pinch myself every single day to think that I am a Nikon ambassador alongside him. Never in a million years would I have thought that I would have come so far and to be, oh my gosh, in the company of such an amazing photographer whom I have admired for so long. Anyway, back to the topic. I just decided to dive headlong, even though I didn't really know what I was doing, and trial by fire, I figured it out. I had a real scrappy studio, just bare bones, things that I had pulled together, some Nikon SBs and some rickety light stands with an older camera that I had bought while I was in the service. But hey, you know what? It worked. I suddenly had the camera back in my hands and I was doing photography again. And here's the thing about transitions and reinvention. I suddenly could tell stories with portraits. I didn't realize that I could do that. I had been so fixated on being a combat photographer and serving the military that I didn't realize that I could serve my country in a different way and I could have a purpose and be a portrait journalist, which I believe is something that means so much more. Because here's the thing, I could not relate to my subjects, the veteran community, the way I do without having had my military experience. If I look at it that way in the bigger picture, it makes better sense that everything that I did prior to leaving the service was simply a preamble to the life that I was always meant to lead, which is now. So backing up a little bit, at the same time that the Veterans Portrait Project was really beginning to get underway, I had purchased the Charleston Center for Photography from my fellow veteran, Jack Alterman. I bought the center right when the economy crashed in 2008 and I was struggling to stay above the red line the entire time. 
dare I point out that I had, from the age of 17, been in the military. And granted, it taught me a lot of responsibility and how to work really well under pressure, but nothing prepares you for owning a business because as a business owner, I was responsible for the bookkeeping, the upkeep, the rent, the insurance, the staff, the classes, the studio rental, exhibitions, uh, presentation night, and on and on and on. Suddenly, I went from this part-time investment into every waking minute of my life was poured into this place. It was an incredible learning experience. So many wonderful things came from the Charleston Center for Photography. I had an incredible staff of instructors who were so awesome and who really fostered a great work environment. And Andy came and worked for me for a hot minute, but I, um, I would say that we probably do marriage better than we do working together. So um, for the sake of our marriage, Andy went on to get hired by Nikon, which is fantastic. And I continued with the center. And also I would take these paid assignments, squirrel away some money so I could upgrade my camera gear and my studio gear, and I could continue to grow the Veterans Portrait Project. Yeah, things were changing for me. I was working about 60 to 70 hours a week at the center. And then on the weekends, I would try and go do veterans portrait projects in states where I could drive. So I would go to North Carolina and Georgia and other parts of South Carolina. And that first year, I amassed 100 portraits in Charleston alone. And the following year was another 300 and it just began to snowball. I set this crazy goal that I would photograph veterans in every state, thinking that that would be a lifetime goal. And that, again, is what I needed to keep myself moving forward. I had been so mired down by depression and fixating on all the things that I was told I couldn't do that the answer was always right there in front of me. And that was to fall back on photography. I don't think fallback is actually the right term. I think go back to home. And for me, home is behind the camera. With the realization that I wanted to be behind the camera full time, I knew I had to make some big time changes at the Charleston Center for Photography. I made a ladies agreement with one of the instructors that he would carry on the program after I sold it to him for a dollar. And he did, and it's been going on ever since. Honestly, I have no regrets being part of the Charleston Center for Photography. I made so many great friends there between the faculty and her patrons. And damn, we created some really great art in that time and exhibited some fantastic work by amateurs and pros alike. We went to schools and brought the power of photography to children's hands where art programs had been slashed. I mean, photography makes a difference in a lot of lives, and I think we were doing some really positive things there. And I'm glad that it's continuing to thrive today. When I moved away from the Charleston Center for Photography, I went headlong into the Veterans Portrait Project. That was in 2013. 
crazy to think that I started the Veterans Portrait Project in August of 2008. And then 11 years later, on Veterans Day 2019, I reached my 50th state. So absolutely crazy to think that a goal that was going to take me a lifetime, or so I thought, would take me just just over a decade to do. But I just want to be absolutely clear that I could not have accomplished all of that without the support of my colleagues and my awesome corporate sponsors, all of the small donations and contributions that came in from so many people from across our nation and actually internationally too. It has been quite a journey and I believe that the lesson I learned over all of these transitions or what I I like to call pivots is that I need to be more open-minded, not to get fixated on what I think my life should be, but to allow room for my journey to veer off course every once in a while, which leads me all the way back to Bob. Having low country acres is just another part of evolving my life and evolving who I am. As a young girl, I dreamt about horses, and I knew that I wanted to have a farm of my own, and this is a dream come true. But it's also a chance for me to try something new. Speaking of trying something new, I am going to be a host of a television show called After Action for SCETV and PBS. Oh, and I'm also the producer. I never thought in a million years that I would be here saying this to you right now. So excited for that. As I wind down episode two, I would encourage you to think about all of those dreams that you had that never came to fruition, but instead something more spectacular that you could never have manifested in your mind in a million years that took place instead. I don't think that I could have ever believed I would have traveled to all 50 states and photographed veterans Never thought that. I never would have thought that I would become a Nikon ambassador. Never would have thought it. I thought I was going to be a combat photojournalist for 20 years. (laughs) And when I think about that, yes, what an incredible goal. But look at all of the fantastic things that happened instead. And that's what I want you to think about. Visit me at everythingstacy.com where you'll see my social media channels. I'd love to hear what your pivoting stories are like. Until next week, I'm Stacy. This is everything, and I hope you have a good one. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.